You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, July 19th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Exclusively Padres content, though, at L-O underscore Padres. And of course, check out the YouTube channel, Lockdown Padres, on the old YouTubes. If you're unfamiliar with me, I am a, a baseball fellow, a Padres fan, like yourself, most likely listen to this podcast. You can check out some of my baseball work outside of this podcast at JustBaseball.com. And thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, and I am rocking a sweet shirt. That's the that's the bonus, ladies and gentlemen, of when you tune into the YouTube. All right, If you want to check out the video version of this podcast, the bonus is you get to see whatever weird shirt I'm wearing. Sometimes it's not weird. Sometimes it is just greatness. So go check that out, guys. And on today's episode, enough dilly-dallying. We got to talk about Juan Soto. Uh, this is straight up the most important story probably going on in baseball right now. Um, it is probably going to be the most important story going on in baseball outside of, say, before we get to the playoffs for the rest of the year. Not just for the Padres, but for all of baseball. And it's a big deal. It was announced, you know, I, I mentioned it on yesterday's episode, which you can go check out, weekend recap of the series against the D-backs, that Ken Rosenthal put out, you know, him and the Athletic, they're reporting that basically wants to turn down 15-year kind of you mega deal, $440 million, average annual value about $29 million, which is probably less of in, from an average annual perspective than other players. Uh, certainly, I know Max Scherzer's making more. I know Har- Harper would be making more. Tatis would be making more. Francisco Lindor would be making more. All sorts of players, right? But in terms of the total sum, yeah, that's a lot of money. But there's a lot of angles to this, right? And the other thing that was being reported, you know, I, I heard some some stuff was said on ESPN yesterday that people are saying, hey, you know, John Heyman mentioned it as well, that the Padres are one of those teams that would be the favorite if the Nationals do. Right? I shouldn't say the favorite, but one of the favorites, to land Juan Soto in a deal because they're the Padres and they're run by AJ Preller, who is one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive GMs in all of baseball. You could argue Jerry Depoto of the Mariners sometimes can be super aggressive. You know, there's, there's all sorts of people, but with Preller, he's the one that's shown that he has a, he has a trigger finger that he's ready to fire. So it does make sense. The Padres also have a lack of some, Outfield uh, depth, I'd say. They have a little bit of a shallow outfield. I know that SJA Ruiz just got called up. He's hopefully going to be a guy that can be really good. Fernando Tatis Jr., because it's likely, because of this outfield depth and wanting to keep him more healthy, that he'll go to the outfield. And then you've got Jerickson Profar. But then with questions surrounding Trent Grisham and questions surrounding you know Will Myers, when is he going to be back, all sorts of stuff, it makes sense from a fit standpoint. And even if it wasn't a fit standpoint, Juan Soto is one of the best players in baseball. You could actually argue he is the best player in baseball. I know his defense has taken a little bit of a step back this year. I understand that. I get you, ladies and gentlemen. I understand that that's the one chink in the armor. You know what I'm saying? That's the one flaw, the Achilles heel of Juan Soto. But the problem is that it quite simply does not really matter with the amount of offensive output 
that Juan Soto does every single year. This is a guy who's never had an on-base percentage below 400. He's currently at 405, and he's kind of taken for granted for the fact. His eye is legendary. They compare him to Ted Williams all the time. And for good reason, there really isn't a batter that we've seen quite like him in some time. In fact, I can't really remember the last player outside like a Barry Bonds who has had the amount of power that Juan Soto does and the amount of plate discipline that he does. There was a couple, the Bryce Harper MVP year back from, what was it, like 2016 or whatever it was. That's one example. But for the most part, there just really isn't uh, any player like him. And like I said, I mean, if you look at outs above average, he's in like the one percentile when it comes to defense. He hasn't had a good jump on the ball, which is something that we thought was going away from last year. So while I have said in the past that the Padres, it would... It would be good for them to have a good defensive player in the outfield since that's something that they don't often have. In this case, it just simply does not matter. Like I said, you could argue he is the best overall player at just 23 years old. You know, if you go by war this season, he's rocking a 2.6, which isn't the best in the world. And that's probably because of the defense. But last year, seven war year before that 2.5 and granted that was a 2020 season so that's a very good season Um, and the year before that he had a five like he's been great and I remember last year his outside zone swing percentage which is you know amount of times you swing at pitches outside the zone considering how many home runs he hit considering his on base percentages and his batting average his outside zone swing percentage was the best in baseball at 15 percent The second highest was at 19%. So that just gives you a small glimpse into Soto this year. And don't get me wrong. I know that his batting average isn't great this year. He hasn't been getting on base uh, at the 450 level or whatever, right? He's just at a a meager 400% right now. But he's... And his batting average, like I said, is lower. He had a little bit of a weird start. But part of me wonders, number one, if that's just because he's playing for a crappy team and he's in the middle of kind of wanting to get this contract, obviously evidenced by these rumors and whatnot. But also on top of that, his BABIP is sitting at like 244 right now, which suggests that that batting average is going to at least climb up to maybe like a 260, 270 level. And it doesn't matter because of the power and because of the walk rate stuff. This is what Juan Soto gives you. But it should be mentioned that the lack of defense, uh, most likely, is is a minus. Like I said, his war isn't, you know, it's, it's worth pointing out. So with all that said, there really isn't much more to say about Juan Soto from that perspective. When you look at now, let's talk about the Nationals. This is a team that is clearly going to be rebuilding. Uh, they have basically nothing, and they're stuck with a couple really bad contracts in Patrick Corbin and especially Steven Strasburg, a contract that was seven years, like $270 million, and that's not ending till 2027. They don't have uh, Trey Turner anymore. They don't have Max Scherzer anymore, obviously. Victor Robles did not turn out to be the top-level kind of young player that they might have wanted him to be. They don't have Ryan Zimmerman anymore, duh. And they just overall do not have a whole lot of value. All they have is trade chips, and they're looking like a team that all they have is Juan Soto. So naturally, it makes sense that his name had popped up in rumors, uh, trade rumors heading into the year. And I was one of those people, full clarity, I still kind of stand by this. I didn't really believe it. Just because it's a bad team doesn't mean automatically that they're looking to sell their best player to get value back. This is one of the top-tier talents in baseball who could, based on his skill set, be a Hall of Famer, right? This isn't a... We talked about Brian Reynolds, and we still talk about Brian Reynolds a lot, and how he could be on the trade block, right? This is not Brian Reynolds. This is a top-tier, like, what if this... Like I said, what if this is Ted Williams? It certainly seems like it, right? It does not seem 
like there's any signs that Juan Soto is not like you could say even with Tatis, our beloved Tatis, maybe there's a universe in which he gets hurt too much and maybe he loses a step or two, especially as he, he gets a little bit older. Not that he is, not that he is, but as he gets older and what have you, right? The question is going to be, can the Padres trade for him, right? Fundamentally, can they trade for him? We got to talk about that. And we also got to talk about should they trade for him. But before we get into that, guys, let me quickly talk to you about something real nice, ladies and gentlemen. Something real nice. This is something that I personally would get Juan Soto myself, right? If he was traded to the Padres as a welcoming gift, right? Maybe you get him some, some jewelry. You get him some bling. You know what I'm saying? You get him something real nice. Well, BlueNile.com has you covered when it comes to that, guys. But primarily, they're they're known for, like, engagement stuff. And, heck, you know what? I will marry Juan Soto. I don't care. I'll give him that, too. That's how good of a player this man is. But really, realistically, guys, BlueNile.com, they are, you know, two parts of this kind of business. Wedding jewelry, fine jewelry. So, like, engagement rings and bands, you know, for wedding stuff. And then necklaces and gemstones and cocktail rings and, like, just stuff that you see people going out and about when they're trying to be fancy, you know. Uh, Blue Nile's got you covered with that stuff, guys. Check out their website. It's really cool, and they can kind of – they customize everything. Or I shouldn't say customize everything. They've kind of got you in every – uh, sort of thing you could want from the shape of the diamond, the actual size of it, the clarity, the style. Maybe you want a like a, a dolphin looking thing. Maybe you're like, oh, uh, they like uh, this person. I want to get this for. They like dolphins. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just it, it popped up in my head, guys. If you want a fryer, the swinging fryer, I imagine they can help you customize stuff and make it look like that, right? You can get them the engagement piece of their dreams. And they've got experts on hand 24-7 to help you out. So that's really good, guys. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale, where you can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. And also, ladies and gentlemen, let me just say really quickly, go and check this out. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Lockdown gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Available July 18th at Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So it's available right now as you're listening. Check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the real juice of this. We talked enough about Juan Soto. I gave you a couple stats to make myself seem a little bit smarter than I actually am. I'm really not. I'm a dumbo. Trust me. Let me be very clear. I don't know why anyone... Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. I'm a, I'm a dumbo. Let's talk about whether or not the Padres should and if they can trade for Juan Soto. This is a team that has been mentioned in a lot of rumors. It was mentioned yesterday on ESPN. It was mentioned on Twitter. I know Padres Twitter is going nuts about this. And it would be fun. Let's be very clear. A lineup that essentially has three MVPs in Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Juan Soto. I don't know who the heck I would bat where, for the record, by the way. I actually literally don't. I think, just for a fun exercise, I think I'd put Soto higher between those two just because of the factor that he can get on base at a higher clip than them at a higher clip than basically anybody so just because of the plate discipline that might be what i do maybe bat him second and then i'd bat uh manny number three and then tatis as the home run swinging beast that he is at four but i don't know it, it would be genuinely something to behold 
And I think it would give the Padres a little bit of a leg up on the Dodgers in that respect. Don't get me wrong. They have Freddie Freeman. They have Trey Turner. They have Mookie Betts. But I think that the combo of these three, that's damn good, right? And I actually personally believe that Tatis can get better defensively, both at shortstop and in the outfield. I just think he's such a freak athlete and the arm strength is great that he could, uh, in theory, at least at some point. Manny's great. Juan Soto. That would give them like a... a, a, That's a a great matchup. Tatis... Soto Machado versus Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, and Mookie Betts. That's like a real, like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really fun uh, matchup. And on top of that, uh, the big thing with Juan Soto probably is going to be the years of control. Two and a half years left, the half obviously coming from this year, before he becomes a free agent. So this is not a rental. This isn't even just for a next year. It is for two other years. And considering that the Padres are what, Many insiders believe, although I sometimes disagree, in win-now mode. I don't think they necessarily have to be in win-now mode. Then it makes sense. You're like, all right, great. We get this superstar for the next two and a half years before even worrying about that whole 14-year deal, right? At least in theory. Maybe this is a situation where if you trade for him, they have to sign. I don't know. I don't know. But at least for now, the Padres could absolutely do that. Any team could do that because it's only two and a half years before he gets the big deal. So the Mariners could go trade for him. The New York Mets could go trade for him. The Cardinals could trade for him in theory, right? Because it's the he's, he you don't have to pay him yet. It's great. The question is, can they? And the reason the Padres have been mentioned is because their prospect system has really, I, I think, been... What's the word for this? It's kind of being viewed in a different light lately. A lot of people, rightfully, the Padres prospect system, you know, as far as I've been covering this podcast and even before then, you know, 2015, 2014, has been recognized and believed to be one of the best in history, right? And AJ Preller, through the Snell, the Darvish, the Musgrove, the Trent Grisham, the Mike Clevenger, the Austin Nola, uh, you know, like all these trades, even Emilio Pagan to a small extent with the Manny Margot trade, a small extent. And then, you know, when they used to have a uh, Trey Turner and when they traded for, for Will Myers, all of these guys, right? Basically, the Padres have given up a lot over the years. This is no secret. Um, they've given up a lot of prospects. Even Jack Sawinski over with the Pirates, who's hit for a lot of power in the Adam Frazier trade. They've given up, given up a lot of their assets. So as a result, everyone's like, ah, oh, man, this is a top-heavy system. But there have been some really positive developments. Estuary Ruiz has broken out. Right, he was the big. He's arguably the biggest breakout prospect from the perspective of a guy that nobody was talking about this year, and now he's on the major league club. And then you've got obviously C.J. Abrams, the number one prospect, one of the top prospects in baseball. Then you've got Robert Hassel, who's in like the twenty range in the top one hundred. He's really good and really important because of the the aforementioned lack of depth in the Padres outfield. And then you've got some other guys, right? You've got some really exciting um, players that are developing, like James Wood. Right? He's a superpower bat. People are getting excited about him. You've got Robert Gasser. Right, You've got Mackenzie Gore, obviously. I forgot to mention him, who debuted for the team uh, this season and looked like a rookie of the year candidate until he uh, you know, ran into that rookie, rookie wall. He, he charged into that rookie wall, let me tell you. So overall, there's just a lot of really exciting developments for the farm system. A farm system that we thought um, wasn't going to be uh, stacked enough and that the Padres kind of just had what they had for the coming years aside from like your Abrams and your Hassel but that doesn't seem to be the case I didn't even mention Luis Campisano catching prospect that the team has called up and sent back down numerous times so maybe they're not super into him 
So this is all to say, oh, Jackson Merrill, top-level shortstop prospect, right? Joshua Mears, some people like. Victor Acosta, right? Kevin Copps, who's been on this show before. The Padres have a pretty okay system. It's not necessarily what it used to be. It's actually definitely not what it used to be. But that's why they're being attached to him, right? Because of the immense farm depth that they have. There are some other teams out there. The Mets, maybe they could do it. They have Francisco Alvarez, one of the top catching prospects in baseball. They have some stuff, plus maybe some major league ready players that could entice the Nationals. You have the Dodgers always, unfortunately, that has to be mentioned. With not just their their Billy guy, I forgot the name of their their prospects. I don't even want to know them, right? But Miguel Vargas, they've got a super deep system. And then you've got teams like the Seattle Mariners, who Julio Rodriguez, you've seen what he's done. He was in the final for the home run derby last night. Of course, Juan Soto ended up taking it home. Um, that they've had some stuff. They have Emerson Hancock. They still have Jared Kalenic. Some people might view him highly, right? There's a lot of teams out there, but for the most part, it's between those that I just mentioned. New York Yankees, another team with guys like Volpe, Jason Dominguez, you know, uh, I forgot the rest of their guys, but you get my point. There's not many in terms of the prospect capital that can make a trade for Juan Soto. So naturally, the Padres, being as gun-happy and trigger-happy as they always are, are being favored. Here's the thing. Let me just say what I'm about to say and talk about with these theoretical packages is that it's all theoretical. Throughout all my time watching baseball, I have all, and watching sports in general, these giant mega D, it's going to take a lot to get this guy. That notion for me personally, and maybe this is a bias that is from an old time and maybe I haven't gotten over it, you know, how we all see things growing up and we just, it just sticks with us and forever. The David Price trade from back in the day. So, I mean, back in the day, I say like 2014. When that happened, I remember personally around that time, and I could be wrong about this, that People were talking about David Price. I mean, he wins, he's like a Cy Young caliber guy. He's going to strike out 270 batters a year and all this stuff. He's going to require a huge, chunky um, sum of guys. And instead, it ended up being like Drew Smiley and I forgot the other guy. That's like It was not that giant of a package. So for me personally, I am very reluctant to believe ever that these mock trades that we say are, are going to be a reality, right? And one of the mock trades that we see going out on Twitter right now is that for the Padres to acquire Juan Soto, it's going to take Abrams, Gore, Hassel, James Wood, and maybe one other guy, maybe a Jackson Merrill. Now, in theory, right, when you just talk about value because of what Juan Soto's potential is and his skill set and the fact that this might literally just be a Hall of Fame player, yeah, I get why this is the type of capital it will cost on top of the club control, right? But personally, I just have a hard time believing that such a trade will happen because I also think that teams are smarter these years, uh, these days. I don't think you get those giant jumbo, thick boy, chunky boy deals anymore. I think that's something more realistic that might happen is, say, the Cardinals give up Jordan Walker and then someone outside the top 10, like three guys outside the top 10, right? It's never these top six prospects and then also a fruit basket and then also a ticket to Secret Wars when it comes out in eight years. And you also get to see the ending of George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones and we'll also throw in a, a $20 million bonus. Like those jumbo deals, in my opinion, just rarely seem to happen. Rarely, rarely, if, if at all, if at all. But with that all being said, guys, uh, that still begs the question of whether or not the Padres should do it. Should they trade for Juan Soto? 
And my answer might surprise you a little bit. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into that, let me talk to you about something that I know for sure and that you know for sure probably by listening to this podcast, guys. The best protein bars in the world. They're, of course, the Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. And from the people who invented the healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds, ladies and gentlemen. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk flavor. It's locked on MLB, the group chat that we have. It's our favorite, let me just tell you. Well, your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk flavor you love in a deliciously chewy, marshmallowy, covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got it for you, ladies and gentlemen. But stop drooling. I know you. You're at, you're on your... You Don't touch that dial. You know, maybe you're driving in your car home. You know, you, 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 you're thinking to yourself, oh, I want to stop by the store, get me some Built Bars. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you should. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they're all delicious. They're all delicious. And because you're listening to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. So you, mister... Driving in that car and on that radio dial. Why don't you, you you stop by a gas station? First of all, get yourself some food. Maybe you stop at a Wendy's or something like that. And then you hop on your phone and use that code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This is where the fun begins. Let's do it. Should the Padres trade for Juan Soto? There is a couple of points, and hopefully I hit them all. Let's first talk about one more time. I do not like saying that certain teams cannot trade for a player because of the aforementioned reasons about how these chunky boy deals just seem to never happen. Because overall, especially in the sport of baseball, this is not the NBA or heck, even the NFL, where just if you trade for Kevin Durant, almost who cares about the rest, right? You need three superstars. It's a superstars league. That's just how the sport works and whatnot. With baseball... Go ask the Los Angeles Angels what it's like having two superstars, right? It's not taking them very far right now. You need depth. You need control. You need good coaching, of course, obviously. You always need good coaching, but you need ammo. You just need assets overall to be able to make little tinkerings or whatnot. Of course, you need to be lucky, but getting Juan Soto does not automatically mean that the Padres are World Series favorites or even favorites to win the division. It's going to take a lot, right? So the question is, should the Padres pull that trigger? Now... If you told me that the offer is that you that they give away C.J. Abrams, maybe Robert Hassel, and some back-end guys, you know what I mean? And maybe you throw in, say, Batten or something like that. Okay. But giving up Gore, Abrams, Hassel, Wood, Gasser, like all these top-level prospects, if that, and again, we're talking about the theoretical. We're talking about what, in theory, the value is. I'm not with it. I'm just not. And I know what you might be thinking is these guys aren't proven, right? These guys aren't proven at the major league level. We're already seeing that C.J. Abrams is struggling. I think Abrams would be dealt in this deal because of they, they'll say, oh, we have Hassan Kim and we have Jackson Merrill coming down, right? He's a guy that people are viewing really highly. He'll be down here down the road, right? That's someone to count on for shortstop. And then they've still got Hassel and all these guys. So Abrams, from what we've seen early on, maybe he's one of those that's going to take a little bit more time and won't be that immediate splash. He won't be Tatis or Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, who's this rookie of the year already, right? That's totally fine. But 
that's not what this is about. This is about having assets. And it's about saying you don't want to be the Angels. You don't want to be one of these teams that isn't really contending but has to, right? Because they don't really have all that many assets in their farm. Over the past few years, we just talked about it. All those trades the Padres have made. I found it a little bit weird that Padres fans, and of course this could be the Twitter echo chamber, are so immediately like, you have to do this. After all the trades that have gone down, and I know that Soto would be arguably the biggest guarantee out of any of the trades that the Padres have made, like, in forever, right? Like, this would be such a slam dunk in terms of at least you know what player you're getting back. That they're saying immediately, like, all right, let's do it again. Right when the farm seems to be building up, and you seem to have a little bit of depth there, you're already ready to say, let's blow it up for a team that you don't think is going to win the division for a team that it's no guarantee. I'm just saying that's a little scary. It's a little scary. That is a lot of stuff potentially to give up. Remember, potentially, guys, tomorrow they can announce that they gave up CJ Abrams and James Wood. And then they had to uh, take Steven Strasburg, maybe, or pay like some of his deal, not even all of it. In the deal, and I'll be like, all right, that's significantly less than we thought it might be, right? And another thing is with those deals, while I keep mentioning that the, uh, the you know the David Price trade and say the Mookie Betts trade and the Mookie Betts trade was a little bit different, but the David Price trade, some of those teams like Oakland, Oakland's a great example. They just had a fire sale this past offseason. They gave up Olsen, Matt Chapman, everybody, right? They, they gave up everybody. I think that one thing that's different about this situation is that those small market teams that trade guys, I wonder if they head into negotiations being like, and other teams are looking at them like, look, we're going to give you stuff, but we ain't giving you no jumbo package because we know you need to trade him because you know you can't re-sign him. Do we think for sure that the Nationals know for a fact they can't re-sign Juan Soto? Or maybe they're just like, why do we have to do it now? And because of the control and me wondering whether or not they have to now, I am wondering whether or not the Nationals are going to walk into those meetings and be like, okay, we're just going to look for the best deal that we can get right now. I don't know if that means that for sure. So that's one difference between this and my theory of just players not being dealt for giant packages, if that all makes sense. I think that the Padres are in a weird spot. I do wonder, and this is something that has to be taken into account as well, the team is performing well right now, 52 and 42. Uh, a nice solid end to the first half. But for the most part, they've only really had like one winning season under A.J. Preller, and that was in the short and truncated 2020. Is it possible that A.J. Preller is on the hot seat? Because if that is the case, one, you never want to be in a situation where a coach slash general manager in any sport is on the hot seat and has the ability to trade your future for getting guys now because they're going to do that because they're trying to save their job. So if that's the case and Preller is a little bit on the hot seat and maybe it hasn't been fully reported on or it hasn't been fully gaining traction, then yeah, I could see it being very likely that AJ Preller is like, screw it, we're going to give our four of our top 10 prospects for Juan Soto. Let's go. Like, let's do this. And I'm not saying that that would be an immediately bad move. I just am wondering, don't we feel like we were at these crossroads not too long ago? And I'm not saying Soto won't work out. It almost has nothing to do with Juan Soto's ability. I'm just saying it makes me a little bit nervous. There's a lot of things on this team. You have the black hole, ground ball gremlin at first base. I know I'd love to give him back to the Nationals in the deal. Maybe you say, oh, we'll take on Strasburg, and then you take on the ground ball gremlin, who must not be named. It's possible. 
Then you've also got, you know, the issue with they have three pitchers that are entering free agency with Sean Manaya, with Mike Clevenger, and with Joe Musgrove, most importantly. Then, you know, do you want to get another outfielder? Do you want to figure out this catching situation? Do you still think Jorge Alfaro is great? What do you do with the bullpen, right? And then what do you do with the fact that, like, with that pitching thing, Blake Snell, he's still on the books for next year, and so is you, Darvish. I know Darvish has been good this year, but things tend to unfold. So do you want to go all in right now for a roster that has a lot of questions? Hey, we still don't know how healthy Tatis is going to be when he gets back. He's obviously going in the lineup immediately. I mean, he's Fernando Tatis Jr., but... How right is he going to be? Do we know he's a plug-in and play that's an MVP candidate immediately? Or is he just going to be really solid and really good for the rest of the way, but not quite MVP level? Just because he's kind of working back through the injuries and whatnot, and you know maybe learning a new position, that's possible. So, look, if there was ever a player to go all in and dump your farm and take that risk and say, you know what? Just the same way the Nationals ended up being a team that snuck in there and once they just made the playoffs, magic happened and they won the World Series, I get it, right? Crazier things have happened. But if you're, I'm just saying, history, if we're looking at history over the past few years, I am wondering whether or not this is the right move. I personally don't think it is based on the theoretical package it would take to get Juan Soto. And biased, I would love if they did, because it would be great for my brand. I mean, I get to talk about Juan Soto being on the Padres. It'd be like the biggest trade of all time. And AJ Preller is absolutely crazy enough to do it. He's ready to pull the trigger. But I'm just wondering, from what we've seen the past few years, do we want to do that? You know what I'm saying? And I know that the contract, I know the years of control. I know that you don't know what CJ Abrams is going to be. This is about assets. And depleting the bank right now, with some of the questions, he's still got three and a half years left of that ground ball gremlin. Do you want to go all in now? Or do you say, you know what? Let's trade for another reliever. Maybe we go get, you know, who, who's, who's a decent reliever that's out there? Maybe you go get a player of Mantiply's stature over in Arizona, who we talked about with Miller Thomas of Lockdown D-Bex podcast. Someone like that. Maybe you go get, you know... Uh, Someone from the Rangers, Brock Burke or something like that. Maybe you get a reliever like that. Maybe you trade for him. David Bednar of the Pirates. He might cost a lot, but maybe you just get some a, a couple good relievers. You trade for an Austin Hayes type, right? Maybe even Ramon Laureano. You just beef up your depth, and then you say something else will be there down the line. And if there isn't, then we have Ramon Lor- or we have Robert Hassel to be excited about. We still got Abrams getting better. James Wood, Gasser. Right? Luis Campuzano, maybe he's a trade chip, potentially, if they just don't want to do anything with their catching situation because of Alfaro being pretty okay. That I can see. That I can see. And maybe there's some guys we don't know about that are going to make the leap next year that Padres brass think and that they'll be able to recover from the losses. I get it. That's overall just kind of how I feel, though. I kind of like having the amount of assets they have that way. If this doesn't all work, they don't have to feel like they're in panic mode. Because again, like I said, they've got a lot of weird things to figure out with this roster. So I don't know if Soto is the only way out. Remember, this is baseball and we see so many times that getting that superstar, albeit it'll be fun. I can't wait to do the podcast. Believe me, I'm going to st- I don't care if I have to l- get off work real quick. I'll be like, guys, my, my baseball team just traded for Juan Soto. I quit. 
I won't actually quit. I don't mean that. If you, if my bosses are watching right now, I'm, I'm totally just kidding. And I'm kidding about actually jumping off in the middle of my job. You get my point. It would be exciting and it would be very in line with what the Padres do. I'm just worried that the theoretical package might be a little bit too much right now for a team that we're just still questioning a bit, that has a lot of questions in the offseason as well. But again, that's just my take. I could be dead wrong and they could make this trade tomorrow for not nearly that much, and they win the World Series, and you guys can all laugh at me. It's fine. That's just what your boy Javier Reyes thinks. So those are my thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, on the Juan Soto trade. Hopefully you enjoyed my kind of breakdown of this whole thing. It's going to be fun. My big Hey, I'll tell you one thing. If you could tell me right now the Padres don't get him, but you can guarantee that the Dodgers don't, I'll take that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll take 100% right now. The the guarantee that the Dodgers don't get him versus the chance that maybe the Padres get him. I, I really do think I would take that. Send him to the Mets. I don't, I don't care. Send him to the Yankees. Send him to, uh, heck, the Angels. Why not? It would be hilarious. Send him anywhere except for the Dodgers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed that breakdown. For future episodes, still working on my five questions for the Padres in the second half. One of them will probably be about Juan Soto, so that should be a lot of fun. Crossovers, hopefully you guys enjoy the All-Star game tonight. That should be a lot of fun. Hopefully Manny balls out. Same thing for Musgrove. Would love to see those two absolutely ball out. And hopefully no Dodgers do well. Hope Kershaw just gets lit up. Uh, I like Kershaw, though. I don't mind him. I don't mind him that much. Hopefully he does get lit up, though. Screw the Dodgers. Um, but with that all being said, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.